Chapter 15 After two whole days of playing in Daddy's house, watching TV and eating cereal, I finally have a babysitter, and her name is Diane. She's a teenager, and she just graduated from high school. Mama says that anybody named Diane or Diana is a diva, like Diane Carroll, who plays Dominique Devereaux on Mama's favorite TV show, Dynasty, like Diana Ross and her diva hair and dresses, like Diana Prince, who is a diva superhero in disguise, even like Princess Diana, who is a real-life princess. Diva Diane meets me and Daddy in front of the shop right before he opens up for the morning. A dog barks from behind the gates, and I wonder if it's Albert, the old lab. I stare at Diva Diane from head to toe with my mouth open, catching flies, as Mama would say. Her hair is straight and shiny, and the very ends are flipped up like wings, as if her head were about to fly away. Bright gold earrings shaped like giant trapezoids hang from each ear. And her lips are shiny as sunlight reflecting on glass. Her shorts are so short that they might as well be underwear. And her bright red jacket has a glow-in-the-dark white stripe along each sleeve. She keeps it open to show off her too-short t-shirt that hits right above her belly button. She has on a see-through plastic sandals and her toenails match her jacket. Diva Diane looks like a soul-trained dancer from outer space. She bends down and rests her hands on her bare knees so that we're about eye to eye. Hi, Ebony Grace, remember me, she asked, while chewing a huge wad of pink gum. She talks very fast. I nod. I was 14 last time I saw you. I can't even wrap my mind. Oh, I watched you for one night while your parents went out dancing, remember, she says, popping her gum. I don't remember. In fact, I can't even wrap my mind around Mama and Daddy even agreeing to a song that they could both dance to. Well, we're going to hang out today, Ebony Grace. We're going to go to the store, over to the basketball courts, and she stands up straight and examines my hair. It's still in the same four pigtails, and I'm sure it's fuzzy by now, but I didn't check, and I don't care. And we don't have to do something with those braids. You want some cornrows and some beads? You want wooden ones or plastic ones? You want your hair going up or going down? But first we got to wash out all this dirt. What have you been doing? Rolling around in the junkyard? I'm going to need some extra change to get some Dax hair grease for her, Mr. Freeman. Diva Diane's words fly out of her mouth at warp speed. It's more than gibberish. It's shooting stars, flying asteroids, and a meteor shower, all mixed up with that spittle, lip-smacking, and neck-rolling. I can smell her strawberry-flavored chapstick from where I'm standing. I touch my hair and shake my head, afraid to say anything, just in case she listens in the same way that she talks. And her hearing is way too fast for my slowpoke words. The gates to Daddy's shop are open now, and I quickly notice all the greasy men Mama warned me about in the gathering around the sidewalk, including Lester, the itching man. Lester's clothes are even dirtier and more torn than before, but that's none of my business, so I keep my eyes and ears on Diane as she walks down 126th Street as if she were the princess of No Joke City. But I'm actually the princess, because my daddy is the king. Now I'm convinced Diva Diane is set out to take my crown, even though I don't really want it. I follow her around the neighborhood like a stray dog. This isn't babysitting. I'm the moon, and Diane, Diva Diane is planet Earth, spinning around and minding her business while I just orbit. We walk over to 125th Street as she stops to say hello to other teenagers who are dressed just like her with their giant gold earrings, chains shaped like ropes, and sneakers with three black stripes along the sides. The laces are so thick that I wonder how they got them to fit in the tiny holes in the first place. Hey, 
What's going down, D-Boogie? One of the teenage boys says. He gives Diva Diana a big hug. D-Boogie, I ask out loud. That's right, D-Boogie, the boy says. Who's this, your little cousin from down south? How do you know she from down south, Diana asks, looking me up and down, probably to see what she's missed, how she'd missed the the clues. Her knees, her hair, her face, her whole situation, the boy says, laughing, and gives another boy standing next to him a high five. I want to say something really mean, but the words don't form quickly enough in my imagination location. And soon... I'm distracted by two girls unraveling a telephone cord. One girl is wearing short shorts like Diane, except hers look more like underwear. Wooden bees are at the end of each of her braids, and they smack her cheeks as she pocks and stretches out the rope. The other girl is wearing blue jeans and a tiny horse shown on a black pocket, Jordache jeans, like the ones I have. Dee, you want to jump, says the girl with the beads. Before Diva Diane says anything, the two girls are turning the rope so fast my eyes are crossing. Diane takes off her see-through sandals, tossing them to one side, and stands next to the girls turning the rope, doing a little dance, almost as if she were getting ready to run, but she can't make up her mind. The rope makes music. A bip, a bap, a bip, bap, bip, bap. Finally, Diane jumps in as the ropes circle around each other like dancing asteroids. Bip, bap, bip, bap. As soon as Diane jumps in, the rope turns faster and she skips over each one, as if her feet know exactly when each cord is going to hit the sidewalk. Bip, bap, bip, bap, bip, bap. One, two, one, up, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The girls start to sing two, up, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I'm catching flies again, and Diane is doing a boogie down dance with those ropes. She hops on one leg and turns the other way. Then she does a criss- then she does a crisscross with her legs without skipping a beat. She puts both feet together and hops like a bunny rabbit. Then the song changes. The girls only say ten up, eleven up, twelve up. Even though they're counting up and not down, Diva Diane looks as if she were going to launch into space as fast as she's jumping. So I yell out, "Blast off!" Diane misses the beat as one of the ropes gets caught beneath her feet and she almost trips. Dang it, Ebony, Diane yells, you made me mess up. Y'all don't dump, jump double dutch down south, do y'all? To the girl with the beaded braids ask. Yes, we do. I lie, but I've never seen anything like that anywhere in Huntsville. Diane sucks her teeth, grabs me by the arm and says, come on, little girl. After hours of hanging out on other people's stoops, go into the laundromat, the puppy... I'm sorry, the hair supply store, and a stop at a corner grocery for some sandwiches that Diane says I'll have to pay her back because it's been taken out of her salary. I play Bianca's game of avoiding the cracks in the sidewalk. Oh, you still play that game? Not trying to make your mama's back, huh? Diane says, but she makes sure to step on every crack on purpose. See, these are not my mama's back. These cracks are all my ex-boyfriend's heads. There's Jamal. There's Chris. There's Devin. Well, I'm trying to avoid moon craters, I say. Diva Diane looks at me and smiles. Moon craters? You're out of sight, Ebony Grace. Before I return the smile and even try to pull Diane into her own imagination location, we reach a wide, colorful, and loud playground. Outside is a tall metal gate. There's a sign that says Marcus Garvey Park. Soon, kids 
lots of them, run past us and into the park screaming, yelling, laughing, letting out all kinds of sounds as if they were forced to keep quiet for a whole year. Last day of school, Diane says. I remember those days. I spot Stone Cold Calvin's big old peanut head in the other end of the block. The same group of boys always follows him around like magnetic dust. Hey, Calvin, Diane calls out to him, waving. Y'all gonna practice in the park? Michael and them got the boombox, but the rain from last week don't mess up your cardboard. I looked around for somewhere to hide. I forced back the urge to blurt out, Beam me up, Captain Fleet. I don't want to be anywhere around Stone Cold Calvin, but he spots me and his eyes widen. He taps the closest boy next to him and points. I want to teleport out of this place. I try to. I close my eyes and wish really hard that I was somewhere else. Science is real. It has to be. We are stardust. Why can't we just fold time and space around us and become our very own wormholes? Diane, why you got to bring that girl over here? Stone Cold Calvin asks me when he reaches us. I'm standing behind Diane as if she were a sliding door to a transporter room. Because I'm babysitting her, that's why, Diane says. I take another step behind Diane, wishing that she was wide enough to hide my whole body behind. I am not a baby, and we haven't sat down all day. Ha! <laughs> you need a babysitter, Stone Cold Calvin says. Stopping around Diane to get a better look at me. Be quiet, Calvin. I'm babysitting you next Friday night, Diane says. The rest of the nefarious minions laugh at Stone Cold Calvin, but it doesn't faze him. He keeps his eye on me. But she ugly, he starts, not skipping a beat. She gonna mess up your reputation hanging around you like that, Diane. How the ugly gonna rub off, he says. Look at her glasses. She can't see through walls and she can see through walls and them glasses. If a thunderstorm is the opposite of sunshine, then a soul storm begins to brew inside of me. Egray's Starfleet is like the Hulk with giant muscles ripping out of two small clothes. I'm like Diana, Prince, spinning into her Wonder Woman costume. A superhero breaks out of my body, and now I have the courage to stand upright to that stupid boy. That's right, I say, stepping out from behind Diane and putting my hands on her hips. I can read straight through that big peanut head of yours, and ain't nothing in there but a black void. The nefarious minions laugh, of course, but I can't tell if they're laughing at me or their leader, stone-cold callous Calvin. Diva Diane waves her hand at Calvin and his followers and sucks her teeth. Don't pay him any mind, Ebony. He just likes you, that's all. Big-headed 12-year-old boys mess with you because they don't know how to behave like gentlemen. Oh my God, if there was ever a time I wanted to be beamed up in onto the Uhura and aim for the farthest galaxy, it was now. If I wasn't so brown, I'd be red as Mars. You better leave her alone, Calvin, I hear someone say, or I'm going to mush you and your big fat head. Bianca Pluto to the rescue. She stands over stone-cold callous Calvin with her hands on her hips. She my friend, after all, and I'm sure Daddy didn't give her another five bucks to come to my defense. The nefarious minions retreat, even as they continue to spout out their no-joke city gibberish. Bianca Pluto just rolls her neck and waves her little finger with every single, don't mess with my friend. You better leave her alone before I bust your head. I stand there next to her with my arms crossed as the nefarious minions finally retreat. I turn to her and I nod. Bianca Pluto and E, Grace Starfleet, a united front, I say. Ah, be quiet, Ebony Grace, is all Bianca says.